Well, today we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday with some really unusual news stories. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. If things are going according to plan, we should be in Georgia right now and anticipating the closing on our home in Georgia at the end of this week. We are in Georgia to take care of a few last-minute items on the home requested by the buyer and also to get the last of our personal belongings out of the home. It has been quite an adventure selling this home and, and making the decision to go into Southwest Virginia. And so we're tired and we just have a lot to get done in just a short amount of time. And I'll be honest with you, we recorded this particular program and yesterday's program before we left. You'll be hearing me tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday opening the program, and we will have a guest host and a couple of special things you've never heard of before on the program to give us the ability to to get this work done and get things complete and begin to start a a new chapter in, in our lives. This radio program, as I've mentioned several times before, is a blessing to me, and I hope it's a blessing to you. Now, I know it's not the typical radio program of news and information. We have a lot of stories you generally don't hear, but I I feel good about one thing. What we share, what I share with you when I'm on this microphone, I have done the research to the best of my ability from sources that I have found to be consistently credible. In other words, they're not having to retract a lot of what they have told you. And we've shared stories on this program over the past 23 months that I've had people say, well, that that doesn't sound right, or that's misinformation, Bob. You, You don't have that correct. And then as time goes by, it becomes correct. All of a sudden, they finally admit that what we were talking about was was very true at the beginning. We've talked a tremendous amount. I've got a couple of short stories regarding the pandemic that I, I believe they'll find a way in October to bring it back full bore just in time for the midterm elections here in the United States. It gives a good cover for cheating when it, if you need to have these unattended boxes where people can drop their ballots off at 2 or 2.30 in the morning. More than one ballot is often the case. There's, there's, enough, there's enough video out there of people with just piles of ballots taking a picture of them before they're put in the box. So to tell us that this was the most fair and honest election back in 2020 is a lie. And the truth will come out. And I believe it's going to continue to you know, trickle out for quite a while. Now, just a couple of quick stories on on COVID and just this kind of stuff that reinforces what we've been saying for a long time. And then I'm going to get back to some of the other stories that I shared yesterday on the direction we're heading. 
Now, I ran across this article, and I thought it was rather fascinating. I'm just going to kind of summarize it. It it goes to the idea of wearing a face covering in the presence of a virus as some method to, to slow the spread or stop the spread, whatever the case may be. You had to wear face coverings if you went to school. You had to wear face coverings if you traveled in a bus or on an airliner. Now, for a while, they were letting you, uh, you know, wear these bandana things. But even then, they said, nope, nope, we got to go down to the little, you know, two for a dollar surgical mask from Walmart. And that's going to stop a virus. And early on in the pandemic in 2020, even Dr. Fauci himself indicated that, you know, a mask doesn't really do anything. It may make you feel good, but it doesn't really do anything. And that's one of the few times he was telling the truth. And then within a couple of months, it became so political. It became, you know, how do you, how do you identify those that are compliant to, to government order? Look at who's wearing a face diaper. School masking, in particular, has been one of the more infuriating issues for a lot of people, including myself. The case that they had two years ago for the general public to basically put on these, you know, cheap face masks was always weak. There had never been any real study or pre-pandemic planning of any kind that even suggested. And remember, there's been years of planning for, quote, a pandemic or a virus. There's no evidence of anything ever being suggested. And, And the case to put these on little children has always been even worse. There is no... There is no case. Now, there, there are people that are what you might call a COVID centrist. And what I mean by that is they're, they're not political. They're not to the left or the right. They just try to let the real science dictate how they think. And there's a professor by the name of uh, Francis Beloy, a self-described centrist on COVID issues. And he's decided that all this face mask wearing for children was just hyperbole. It was the most bizarre public health policy that ever existed. He didn't think masking toddlers was, you know, had any logical sense and it didn't stop the spreading of the virus. Yet you would find teachers unions screaming that children must be wearing these things or they're going to kill their teacher with COVID. Yet the studies after study after study has proven they're ineffective, especially in schools. And if anything, they can cause more harm than good. I mean, that's just the reality. So why do schools in states like California reinstating these mask mandates? I think it's all politics. I think it has a lot more to do with the election than it has to do with anything scientific. School districts all over the United States, you saw it, implemented mask mandates for children in the hope of reducing COVID-19 transmission. But the impact of those silly mandates was never established. It was never proven they did anything. In fact, there's some real studies out there There's some real studies that prove that the opposite is true. They don't do anything. And in fact, in some cases, it it was rather fascinating. Fargo, North Dakota. 
the public schools there in Fargo and West Fargo, um, to estimate the association between school mass mandates and infections. And the study proved something that was rather fascinating. The mass didn't do any good. They didn't make any measurable change, but they did deny oxygen to little toddlers who are, whose minds are developing, who had a hard time learning, who also need to be able to see and hear when somebody is speaking. So you had these two very similar school districts, same kind of makeup of students, age groups, ethnicity, income, background, very much the same. And where the masks were not required, compared to where the masks were, there is literally no statistical difference. There was no noticeable change. The infection rates were virtually identical, with or without wearing a face mask. And even back in 2020, the mantra you heard in the grocery store, How many times did you walk into a grocery store and you had the arrows? Remember that? You only could go this direction in this aisle and and you couldn't turn around and go back because you had to go in this direction and you had to social distance and you had to wear a face mask. Remember that? And then you heard in the PA system, please wear a face covering because my mask protects you and your mask protects me. That was the mantra. In other words, they were already admitting a face covering will not stop you from getting a virus. Yet, how many people do you see going outside? They're not not as many anymore, unless you're living in some place where they're still required. You'll find a handful of people that will put on a mask as soon as they leave their house and even when they're driving their car. And they go to the store, they do what they got to do, and they just never take it off until they get home. And they're doing it in the false belief that they are protecting themselves from getting COVID-19. Now, stop and think. By the way, the vaccination rates in the two schools were about the same, too. And so, once again, it didn't make any difference. Yeah, remember that one. Take the vaccine and you will not get COVID. They literally came out and said that in 2021. Once you've had your second dose, you can take off your face mask because you will no longer be getting or spreading COVID-19. And we said then on this program, not so fast. Not so fast. And we ended up being right. Now the problem is, and people say, well, there are more people vaccinated than not vaccinated. And even if you account for that number, the number of reinfections is vastly higher within, and this is as a percentage, not, not just total number, is higher in, among the vaccinated than the unvaccinated. And those who are unvaccinated that had some form of COVID, whether the original, whether it's Delta, whether it's Omicron or some other variant, seem to have this incredible natural immunity. The vaccinated have an immunity that is short-lived, and that's why they keep asking for more boosters. But we're also beginning to see there may be some negative effects to other 
parts of your immune system over a long period of time. And that's the concern for many. I've got a couple of stories about that. I may not get to them today, but I'll try to get to them by next week. We need to start being rational about all of this and realize that as the World Economic Forum stated in 2020, that the worldwide pandemic was going to be a great catalyst, a great opportunity, a once-in-a-lifetime chance to bring about the fourth industrial revolution and the Great Reset. And they would reset the economy entirely. Everything as we knew it would be changed. And it would be changed not just, oh, I don't know, in Europe or maybe in Australia, but it's going to be changed worldwide. Not a country on the globe would go unscathed. And of course, for the good of mankind, we would have to recognize that mankind is a, an enemy to the earth and we need less of mankind. We need less automobiles. We need less carbon footprint. We need virtual reality. And there's no need for you to own a big house. We'll, we'll, we'll find you the perfect little place to live and the food you can eat. And your little electric car will only travel in the confines to which we permit it. And we will both save the planet. You'll own nothing and you're going to be happy. That's the false promise being given. And even as I've watched many a video from the World Economic Forum website, I would never play the whole thing on this radio program because, frankly, it's too depressing. But I'll give you the highlights. The elitists, they they travel around in their private jets telling you how you're killing the planet. And they know better than you. Remember Greta Thunberg, you know, the girl that said, you know, you're stealing my childhood, you know, get rid of your carbon footprint. She now lives in the lap of luxury as the Save the Earth spokesperson now. You don't hear much about her anymore. She's now, you know, getting older, so the cuteness appeal is kind of left. But she's still there. And I'm sure they'll find another spokesperson in time because it goes back to this idea of of worshiping the earth. And this is is part of the problem that we're going to face in our globe. All these people that talk about save the planet and climate change, they have their disciples. They have people that believe everything they are told. And they don't have the ability to look over the data look over the predictions to realize that these same scientists that tell them that we only have a handful of years left before it's just way too late are the same scientists, the same people in academia that have been telling us for over 50 years that our time was up. And all these radical predictions of all that would go wrong with the world have never come true. Not any of those Major predictions just don't come true. Is our climate getting warmer? Yeah, sure it is. Has it gotten warmer in the past? You bet. Has it gotten cooler in the past? Yes, it has. Could it get cooler again? Very probable. In other words, 
In other words, there are cycles to this planet. We know that. And to try to say that we can look over, I mean, there was the hockey stick graph you know, that showed that everything was just going terrible until mankind came along. And when people studied the underlying data, they found out that that, that hockey stick graph was fraudulent. It wasn't even true. But many people to this day still believe it. So we have the worship of the planet. And we're seeing something now. I haven't spoken much about it because I wanted to to get a better handle because there's been a lot of things stated that are not exactly true or only partly true. But we're seeing something happen, and I, I really believe it is all by design. All by design. Our energy and economic crisis and also the food crisis. In other words, We're going to have some food shortages this year and next, no doubt about it, on a global scale. But the food and energy and economic crisis are being fabricated in a predetermined plan, just like COVID-19 was was pre-planned. It was foretold in 2019 at Event 201. There's no denying that. I've seen the videos from Event 209, and and. Everything that we did for COVID had been rehearsed and planned for and developed well in advance. Saw something in 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation, and I find them a bit on the scary side at times. And they had a report they put out in 2010 called the Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. And they had this lockstep global plan, a coordinated global response to a, ready for this, a lethal pandemic. And the scenario described back in 2010 by the Rockefeller Foundation is identical to what we ended up seeing over the past two years. Even in 2020, in April, as everybody is in fear of COVID and we're in that two weeks to flatten the curve, the Rockefeller Foundation released the National COVID-19 Testing Action Plan, which laid out a strategic framework of surveillance, social control, a structure that severely limits your personal liberty and all of your freedom of choice. And then even in July of 2020, the same Rockefeller Foundation set had reset the table, meeting the moment to transform the United States food system. I'm not making this stuff up. You can find it for yourself. And they declared that food shortages and famine will be a reality and describe how they intend to seize control of the food supply and the supply chain under the guise of equity, fairness, and, of course, environmental protection. All over the world right now, the mainstream media seldom will cover them much. Most people are clueless. But right now, in many parts of the world, farmers are blocking traffic to make a point that farmers are not slaves. 
They're not owned by the Rockefeller Foundations. They're not owned by anything. They're people. They're entrepreneurs. And they have provided a product year after year after year in spite of government regulation. Government saying you can't plant this or you can't plant that. And they're seeing their prices for harvesting out of control. They can't afford the diesel fuel that they need to to harvest and run their equipment. They can't afford the fertilizer. You have railroad companies not moving it, refusing to take it. And so the cost of farming is through the roof. Add to that, in the Midwestern part of the United States and the West, you've got a, a problem with lack of rain. Severe drought conditions are prevailing in much of that part of the world. And so you're going to have minimum yields. What yields you get are going to be vastly more expensive. And the price of food at harvest time is going to be like the price of everything else. It's going to be jumping higher and higher. You know, about a week ago when they talked about inflation, a week ago being like, oh, it's, it's like 9%. It's a lot more than that. It's far higher than that. You may see some items in the grocery store priced reasonable, but you're beginning to see the squeeze on a lot of other things. And it's going to get worse over time. And it's all part of a plan. And this is what bothers me. It is part of a a plan. And you and I are the are the pawns. Like I say, COVID-19 is something that has been carefully used. And all these elitists are looking at that and building upon the pandemic. Now, food shortages. And then we have so many other, all this unrest. We have a tremendous amount of unrest in the world today. Why is that? It's by design. The Bible says wars and rumors of wars. People, lovers of themselves, more than lovers of God, all of that is just, it's apparent. It's been apparent. It just keeps getting worse. And in the midst of all this is Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, which totally strengthens the connection. The fourth industrial revolution is their term which is another way of saying the transhumanist revolution. In a nutshell, God is kicked out. And it's a merger of man and machine. You know, I've mentioned this a few times. Maybe you're listening for the first time. There's an advertisement on Facebook. I I use Facebook to keep track of what's going on in the world and a handful of friends. And they keep running this advertisement that's so cute There's a nice grandfather sitting in his home in some faraway place. And he's got a pair of virtual reality goggles on and a pair of headphones on. And somewhere in another part of the world is his granddaughter or daughter. I can't, I'm not sure which. Doesn't make any difference. And there she is in a little like apartment. And she's sitting in a chair and she too has these goggles on. And the headphones. And then this little video 
showing the grandfather here and the, the girl way over there. What they're seeing in their goggles is a beautiful little lake, and they're fishing together in a virtual world. It's not even real. I've always had issues with some of the gaming that goes on on computers. Look, I can remember when the first Pong game came out like 50 years ago. I remember it. To look at it today, it's pretty primitive. I can remember by the 1980s, you know, some of the arcade games became a little bit more, um, well, a little bit more realism. But they were still honestly games. It was obvious that they were games. But I saw something happen in the 1990s. Even with DOS-based computers, you could buy some very powerful hardware in the 1990s, and it was expensive. And I noticed that on these screens, instead of everything looking cartoonish and obviously fake, the depth of realism to the eye was unmistakable. And something else that I noticed, the violence, the killing, the blood, it became more gruesome and even more real. And by the time we started getting into Pentium class computers and lots of RAM and the ability of downloading literally terabytes, terabyte size programs, the realism of many of these video games to a young mind, to a loner, to somebody that doesn't feel like they belong. It becomes their life. And we're not talking about playing for an hour or two or three. There are many young people today that are 17 or 16 15, even 20 or 24 that can play these games literally 5, 6, 10, 12 hours in a day. They don't have a life outside of their home. They barely can keep a job because they are addicted to the realism of these video games. And it becomes their alternate reality. And now, and now, as many of you, I think, probably know, if you don't, you need to. Now you can play your game against somebody else in another town or another state or even another country as you get into this warfare. And you have an alternate virtual reality. And it seems the more somebody is addicted to these games in the people that I have met, the more they have very poor social skills reasoning skills, understanding skills. Oh, they know how to get by. They know how to get what they need. But they live in an alternate universe. And they have a difficult time sorting between fantasy and reality. I I mean, I've seen people 16 and 17, all they want to talk about are their video games. I know nothing about them. I could care less. I don't like them. I don't condone them because 
It's not a release. It is a way to bring you into an alternate world. I'm going to go to a break here in a minute, but I want to share something. And this, if, if all the things I've ever told you on a program like this, I want you to catch this. I think, I think I may have been maybe 16 or 17 years old. I was in high school. And, and I remember listening to a pastor. I had been working at a, at a Bible camp over a summer to make a little extra money, didn't get paid much, but it was a lot of fun. I was working in the kitchen of a, of a camp. But there was this one pastor that preached a sermon. And this was for a, a camping group that was literally my age. I just happened to be working there. They were, you know, high school students themselves, like, you know, freshman and sophomore. I was, you know, becoming a senior. And I remember this, this individual said, you know, you have to be a guardian of the gateway. Let me say that again. You have to be the guardian of the gateway, the gateway to your mind, the gateway to your soul. How, do, how does the oppressor, how does the evil one influence you through your human senses? And he was saying even back in 1971, if I remember the year correctly, I think it was the summer of 1971, that if you let your guard down, you're inviting evil into your very being and you become colder and more calloused over time because you have opened the gateway Somebody once said, and I'm not sure if I fully agree with it or not, but I think there's a lot of truth in it, that even you know people that are hypnotized, the gateway to your mind is, is fallen asleep, and now you have access. And there's probably some truth in that. The same is true with the virtual reality, the alternate reality. Your gateway defense is lowered and the subconscious influence is enormous and it affects every part of your life and I think it affects way too many in a horribly negative way yeah I know I'm late for the break but hang in here for a second we talk about school shootings here in the United States 50 years ago, we didn't talk about them because they're just something that didn't happen. In the parking lot of the high school where I attended, I guarantee you there were weapons in those cars. People had knives strapped to their belts or their leg. Were they going to be fighting or killing anybody? No, this is a rural town and they're used to hunting. This is just a rite of passage for many. But nobody would ever, oh, had there been fistfights? Sure. Did anybody pull a knife? Never. Not where I lived. You just didn't even think in those terms. But something else started happening in 1970, 1969, in the early 70s. It started slowly. Medicating students. 
oh, he is hyperactive, so we need to give him a medicine to slow him down so he doesn't talk so much. Between modern medicine and then over time, the gateway to the mind being distorted into an alternate reality with extremely violent video games. People that don't have any personal skills and they don't have any real parenting going on in their home, there's nobody leading them and helping them. They're letting them make decisions at a young age they're not old enough to comprehend. And the parents are so busy working to pay the bills. And as long as their son or daughter, sons in particular, are hiding in their room and out of their life and not bothering them, frankly, they don't care until something horrible happens. Like Columbine. You know, it has been said, and I have gotten this information from people that have been in law enforcement for years, that it seems that in every one of these major cases, a combination of a dysfunctional family coupled with video games and medications, better living through chemistry, I guess, that's what they say, makes the parent's life easier. They don't have to raise their child anymore. Their child just becomes less of a burden. And then we all pay a price. Now, on the other side of this break, I have a couple of more stories that I want to share. And these particular stories are ones we've talked about a little bit over the past uh, 23 months, but it's amazing how Things we were told were just weird conspiracy theories on this program a year ago, year and a half ago, increasingly are becoming the true narrative. Quietly, without fanfare. Because, see, the truth on some things can come out now because they've just about run the course. They're going to still try to use the pandemic one last time if they can. And if not, you know, they'll try something else. They tried monkeypox, and that didn't exactly, nobody paid attention. As much as they tried to be politically correct, it was only affecting one group of people, and that was homosexual men who, uh, shall we say, had loose morals and would go to parties. And so it didn't affect the general population after all. So there's no need to be vaccinated against monkeypox. But I have a couple of stories That'll get, your, get you to scratch your head, trust me. Now, as I said, this week, we are traveling. We are in Georgia. We should be heading back up to Virginia sometime by the end of this week, God willing. The closing on the sale of our home in Georgia is this Friday. And we have a place to purchase in Virginia that we're going to try to deal with next week. And so just pray that nothing goes wrong in this process and that God maintains our health and our strength to get through this. You know, when you get to be my age, this moving stuff gets really old after a while. Thankfully, we're selling the home furnished, so there's not that much physically to move, just a lot of small things. And we've been packing all that up for quite a while before we came to Virginia trying to get things ready. So pray for us. 
that we get through this week. We have a couple of very special programs for tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday that are a little bit different, and I think you're going to enjoy them. So don't, don't tune me out. Don't tune this program out. I think you're going to really be excited to see and hear some, some very special stuff. As we get ready to go into the month of August in just a couple of weeks, a little less than two weeks now, would you consider supporting us to pay for the airtime? If you can, you got several ways to do it. You can go to our website, which is truththenumber2ponder.com. Truththenumber2ponder.com. And there's a tab that says support. And from there, you can get the mailing address. And you can also use an online service, Give, Send, Go. And some people have already done that, and I really appreciate it. From Give, Send, Go. And that's another way to support us. Or you can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And you can mail that check to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. And and I will tell you this much, that... This week, I will not be able to see any of the mail. I know there's some mail being held, and we will see it when we actually get back. It's just going to be too difficult to deal with it on the road. But I thank you, and and believe me, your mail is secure where it is at. And that's why we are using this particular service. It'll be nice in the not-too-distant future to finally have a physical address that you can mail things to that we get out of the box ourselves again so uh, that's coming very very soon and so look forward to that this address will still be used i know somebody had mentioned they had mailed something to the georgia address we'll be picking that up when we're in georgia and having any mail that happens to come after be forwarded to the virginia address so we're, we're taking care of all that but keep us in prayer and keep this ministry in prayer i think some exciting times are ahead. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The mailman's thank you coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn. Your Jewish connection bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now imagine you sent this real costly gift through the mail to a loved one. Now a week later, you get a letter back. Thank you so much for the beautiful gift. You shouldn't have. It was so thoughtful. I just never expected it. I guess I never knew how much you loved me. Signed, the mailman. Would you be happy to get a thank you from the mailman? No. The thank you from the mailman would mean the gift never got to the one you were supposed to give it to. It got stopped short. In the same way, every good work you do is to be for God. It's a gift to God. And so if you do things to get someone to thank you or to appreciate you or to recognize you, what are you doing? You're giving gifts to the mailman. It's not getting to where it's supposed to go. All the good you ever do, all the love you ever show is to be a gift to God. And you do it through people, but it goes to God. If you start expecting thank yous from people, that means you're not really addressing your gift or your good works rightly to God. You're not sending it to God. It's not going to God. You're sending it to man. You're not addressing it to heaven. You're addressing it to earth. So stop sending your gifts or your gift to the mailman. If you do your good work, your service, your ministry to get something back from people, a thank you, recognition, you're sending gifts to the mailman and it never reaches God. 
Stop expecting people to thank you, recognize you, or praise you, or see your good works. Start getting your good works into heaven. That is, do it for God alone, for his thank you alone, for his eyes only, and not for the mailman. One more. Ask for the doll, D-A-L, on CD. It's a Hebrew word. You'll understand. Now, the free gift for you. From the sands of Judea to the wings of the cherubim, the awesome mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it, and Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So, here it is. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. What's 1-800-YESHUA-1? I invite you to minister with me, together bringing salvation to God's ancient people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of all nations on five continents with over a billion people. How? It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks. It's amazing. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You can make an impact on the world. Just call Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct at the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying... Get your gifts to God and he'll bless you. Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah. Sar Chaim, the Prince of Life. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I want to get right to our stories that I have in front of me. There's some things that I really need to share with you. It is important to understand what I mentioned at the beginning of the program about food shortages. They're coming. The prices are going to be high, and what food available may end up, I really believe, could end up being somewhat rationed. Now, how do I know this? It's because the leaders of this world, from the World Economic Forum to the Rockefeller Institute and so many other places are are talking about this. And we see farmers around the world, well, if you look hard enough, you'll see them around the world, even in places like Italy and, and, you know, Dutch farmers are doing the same thing. There are a lot of farmers complaining around the country here in the United States that they're looking at the cost of of harvesting and of course too many people with the american mindset figure oh it'll all work out nothing to worry about here one of the stories i shared yesterday is how i really believe that joe biden and kamala harris to call them incompetent and dangerous is an understatement and, and people believe that we're going to fix it somehow in November. Well, you can kind of fix it a little bit. But the severe damage has already been done. It won't make any difference if there's a change in the House of Representatives or a change in the United States Senate. Barring both being impeached, which is doubtful. Oh, I'm sure they'll be impeached in the House maybe, but it's not going to get through the Senate. The damage will be done, and any legislative fix that the new Congress in 2023, in January, begins to to pass in legislation will never get past the White House. 
And I highly doubt that there's going to be the two-third majority required in both houses to, to, to undo the veto, to make a bill veto-proof. It's not going to happen. So you can talk all the pie in the sky that all we're going to do, hey, yeah, we're going to, it's going to be a red tidal wave. You want to know something? There was a red tidal wave in 2010. There was a red tidal wave in 1994. Remember? What happened? In both cases. In 1994 and in 2010, two years later, Barack Obama won, Bill Clinton won in spite of the Republican majority in the House and Senate. So nothing, all the damage had been done in the first two years. Obamacare was done in the first two years of his administration. And all the promises of undoing it by the Republicans ended up being a lie. And so don't put your hopes in, as the Bible says, into princes, kings, or the the sons of men. Put it in God. Too many people put their faith in elections and politicians, and that's not going to work. The damage has been done, and between now and January will continue to be done. And there'll be no way to have things undone just don't have any more. It's just going to kind of stop. We're not going to have U.S. energy independence because of a change this November. The Biden administration will continue to keep oil leases canceled, pipeline canceled, and our energy independence a memory, not a reality. So the writing is on the wall. We're, we're heading to a time of, of high energy cost, food shortages, it's not going to be a pleasant time. And those in charge in the elites, they, they knew they had the perfect, perfect individual in Biden. And, and I read an article, and I, I have to agree with this, and with what we've learned from the Hunter Biden laptop, I'm not going to even go into a whole lot of detail, Joe Biden is a very corrupt individual who's been selling out the United States since the day he got into office. You know, he actually jokes. He worked in the private sector for a year and a half or two years. And he calls that time being behind enemy lines in the private sector. He's been in government all his life. His working life is government. He believes or believed even in 1987, he should have been the president then. But he was found out to, you know, have enhanced his resume and lied. And he continues to this day. Yet, with the, with the pandemic, and people afraid, uh, the manipulation and stranglehold of, of social media and the mainstream media, and I think with a little carefully chosen, shall we say, cheating, let's just call her for what it is, Biden won. Kamala Harris, who was the worst candidate the Democrats had running for president, she was a dismal failure and the first to drop out of the primary races. So you take the worst and make her the VP. Joe Biden was getting no traction until he got to South Carolina 
And at that point, the Democrats, or I should say the world elite, decided this is our guy. He will do whatever we demand he do because we have the goods on him. We know what he did. We can get him impeached and put him in jail if we have to. And then Kamala better obey or else. The corruption is is steep. We know it. But we have, you know, a Justice Department that is chasing everything January 6th. And they don't care about the mega thousands every day coming across illegally the borders of the United States like an invasion. They don't care about crime in Democrat-run cities. They don't care about election cheating that is becoming blatantly obvious. They just don't care. If you want to burn down a courthouse in the name of Black Lives Matter or any other cause, your, your chances of getting arrested are pretty slim. But if you were near the Capitol building on January 6, 2021, you might be spending a lot of time in a jail cell waiting for a trial. This is so un-American. But we're allowing it to happen. This administration, all of it, they're allowing all of this to happen. And I really believe it's all by design. They want you to think that, that Biden is causing all this damage. But it's the damage they want caused. And they don't care that the Republicans take the House and the Senate this fall doesn't make any difference because there's, there's still going to be enough rhinos in the group to always do the bidding of the world. And they know that anything that is passed will never get through the White House. So we're to stalemate. The economy will still continue to be a hazard. Inflation will continue. Stock market prices will start going down. Interest rates will go up. Layoffs will become more prevalent. Inflation will be a destroyer of your savings and your income. That's just the truth. You know it and I know it. Now, real quick, a couple of things I mentioned on the other program. How many health experts have been leaving the NIH and CDC? I talked about that yesterday. They're leaving in droves because of the bad science and because they're not allowed to speak the truth. They just are not allowed to speak the truth, and that's that's what's going on. I ran across a couple of stories that I need to also share. We're now finding their emails, and we, we talked about this, and we were talking about this connection between a, an organization called the EcoHealth Alliance. EcoHealth Alliance. Peter Daszak. And also... Dr. Ralph Barracks, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. They, they've been known to be doing some, shall we say, experiments in China on viruses. When this radio program started, the official line was it was just a, a, a terrible coincidental accident of some kind of infected animal getting to a meat market in China and everybody got infected and started to, uh, to die worldwide. And anybody that said it was a lab leak, either by accident or design, that's what I've always said. I don't have any proof if it is an accident or by design, but I do know one thing. Gain of function 
had been done there, no matter what Twitter tells you, no matter what Facebook fact checkers tell you, it has become increasingly obvious. According to some some previously released emails, representatives from the NIH, that's Dr. Fauci's organization, frequently cautioned, warned the EcoHealth Alliance that their research was breaching a funding pause on gain-of-function research that had been imposed by the American government. Now, this is one of these little-known stories, but along the way, during the second part of the Obama administration, they quietly outlawed gain-of-function research, and they allowed it to come back into service right before the inauguration of Donald Trump. Quietly, it was, it was reinstated. So gain of function was back on the table. Yet we're learning after being told that we could never be and there was never any. How many times did Fauci go before the United States Senate and would be asked about gain of function? We don't do gain of function. That's not what we do. He lied. He's lied about a lot of stuff, Dr. Fauci. He spent millions of your tax dollars learning about how to make a virus more lethal and make it a bioweapon. So what we said a year and a half ago is now ringing true. The emails are out there. If you want to look for them, you can find them. Then I want to share something else. And this is really a good way to complete today's program. I remember being in North Carolina, 2020. And I was working in emergency management at the time. And we had gotten, you know, I'd been asked at the end of February to consider coming to work. And what did I know? What did you know? What did anybody know? We learned a lot over the last couple of years, I'll tell you that much. But I felt, you know, I I came in with my eyes wide open and with a heart to serve and help people. And as time went by, I kept getting this horrible feeling that there's something not right with the numbers that I am sharing with everybody. And we had the two weeks to flatten the curve that really was, they knew it was never going to be two weeks. I figured that out before the two weeks was over. We're already making plans on how to make it two months. How do we get people to believe this? How much fear? And, and I got to the point that when we got into May, I couldn't take it anymore. And I said, I have to leave this. I can't be a part of this, this, this lie any longer. Because the more I researched, the more I realized that a lot of what is being said is not true. Now, very quick, you know, the churches were shut down. Many were shut down. Many are still never coming back. Now, some churches, I don't care if they're apostate and and preaching a false gospel. I could care less if they never reopen. But part of the, where the world is going is going to be what's called the speakeasy church. You know, back during Prohibition, people would go to these speakeasies and they, they would know the secret code word to get in. And I've got a really bad feeling that churches will be targeted as hate speech. Uh, especially between the abortion issue and many others, transgender, you name it. 
The church as we know it, even in the United States, is going to be under severe attack. And so you're going to start seeing what I call the speakeasy church, where just two or three or four, maybe a handful of people gather somewhere where nobody really notices or cares. But it will not be the big church building. That, I think, is going to be, well, coming to an end sooner than later. The speakeasy church. You know, I I can remember churches during the early part of the pandemic when they were told they must shut down. And in Kentucky, of all places, a supposedly conservative state, there was a church that had a way to broadcast their service to cars parked in the parking lot. In other words, nobody was going to be getting near anybody. The windows of your car would be closed. The cars were located many feet apart in this parking lot. And so they could gather in the comfort of their automobile and they could see the pastor and hear the message. And this one police department was writing tickets to anybody that dared pull in that parking lot. But would they write you a ticket for pulling into a liquor store or a Walmart? Of course not. Churches were single-handedly marked for closure marked for compliance, and marked for obedience. Now, in many parts of the country, churches are open again. Many are struggling, not all, but there are a number that are having a more difficult time. A lot of people are still scared. And I fear it won't be long before the lockdowns come about again. It may not be a virus the next time, It may be because they consider the church an enemy of the state. Because, see, the church talks about an almighty God. The state doesn't want competition of something above it, and that has been the issue since the days of Stalin and Lenin. They hated Christians, and they hated with a passion the people of God. And many lost their lives. Well, like I say, this week we're in Georgia. We have some special programs tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. And we will be back again. You'll hear me during this week. Um, I'm going to be doing the open and closes for the programs that are special coming up. Pray for us as we try to get everything done at our house in Georgia and that we can move forward. If you can help us financially, consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder. 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, 3248, Crestview is the city, Florida, the state, zip code 32536, 32536, and we'll see you again very soon. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.